0: You've been through pre-Kena, maybe you've even said I do. And now what? Welcome to After cana a podcast for young couples looking to make it until death do they part. In each episode, we'll share sage wisdom and practical advice from couples who've been married for 20 plus years. On today's episode, we are talking to John and Dia Boyle in St. Paul, Minnesota. Hi, guys. Hi. Um, let's jump right in. Let's start. uh, I think it's one of my favorite stories
1: to hear from all couples. How did you guys meet? Why don't you tell us your story? Okay, I'll start with that. Um, We, so John is from California originally, and I'm from Iowa originally. So God had to work hard to get us in the same place. And we (laughs) ended up in graduate school in Toronto, of all places. Um, He was a year ahead of me. And... Um, I heard he was a, we had mutual friends, but we were in very close programs. Um, so we would have meet, met each other eventually, probably. Mm-hmm. But I first heard of him when my friends told me that John Boyle was joining the church. He's a convert. And they invited me, they said, You should come to the Mass. And I said, I'm, I don't know him. And they said, well, you should come anyways. And I said, you can't crash someone's first communion. So I didn't, (laughs) so I didn't, I didn't go, which I regret. But at the time I thought to myself, another Catholic bachelor. So I was, I was, (laughs) I was definitely in the market. I wanted, uh, I wanted to get married. I wanted a great Catholic marriage right from the beginning. So we did meet, just through the program Mm -hmm. eventually. And it took him a long time to ask me out. And when he did ask me out, I wasn't sure that he had asked me out, but I decided to assume that he had. And it all turned out really well. We went on a first date and we talked until two in the morning. And my roommate asked me the next day, how did it go? And I said, well, if he feels about me the way I feel about him, we're going to get married. But I'm not sure that he feels about me the way I feel about him. So, wow. But I did. <laughs>
2: and I think the next night we went out to dinner. Mm-hmm. And um, so we're talking 80s um, yes. and um, a lot of unclarity in the world in the 80s. Um, so we had to get the birth control children question on the table and taken care of. Uh, and once we were, we realized we were both clear on that one. That was that. Yep. I, I mean, I was smitten right away. I just had to screw up my courage to actually <laughs> ask her out because you know nobody likes rejection. Um,
0: naturally, with, naturally.
2: <laughs> uh, so there it is. It's actually pretty straightforward, pretty simple.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: We just fell hopelessly in love.
0: how What was the timeline like? How many months in between, or years? Could have been years. How many? What well, was like no. from first date to engagement to marriage? Like, what was the timeline?
1: Our first date was in March. And then he popped the question in January. So what nine months later? And then we got married in June. So the whole whole thing, first date to wedding was about 15, 16 months, something like that. Yeah. Wow. Then actually I remember when we first started dating and I told my best friend, you know, this it's pretty serious. And she said, "Well, I I know, but you you know you it can't get too serious. You have to you know you have to take your time." And I said, "Why?" (laughs) And she said, "Oh, good point. You really don't, because I mean, because we were both in graduate school. We weren't eighteen or anything, so um, so we didn't. I mean, I don't think it was so rushed. I don't think that's so fast, but it was.
0: um,
2: Seems really slow now.
1: (laughs) It was efficient,
0: right? Right. It's funny. I feel like when you find the right person and like you kind of realize like this is the one it's really just kind of the question kind of becomes like why not like why aren't we engaged mm-hmm. why aren't exactly. we like moving forward and I think when you're in other relationships that maybe not like are not meant to go the distance it always kind of like the lag but I mean that's awesome when you find the right person and like you know that's beautiful that's an awesome story that's a great story I love it. so did you stay in Toronto right after you guys got married mm, a little
2: bit um a for little bit. three years three years three years That's That's significant. Not significant. <laughs> That's significant. um yeah so i guess we stayed in track three years um and uh and then we moved to berkeley my grandmother was dying so we moved out to berkeley to take care of my grandmother and um we were there for
1: three more years three more years
2: and then we came to st paul and we've been here ever since
0: wow and how many kids do you guys have?
1: We have three children. Yeah. Great. and they're I mean, all grown and out of the nest. We're quite happy to be just the two of us again. We
2: we, we loved every stage yeah. of married life and children. We loved it in the middle of it, and we've never looked back and said, "Oh, I wish we were there." Every new stage wow. has just been fantastic. Um, so we're really enjoying the empty nest.
0: That's awesome. I on one of our previous episodes I was talking to another couple who's also empty nesters um and they had mentioned um before we started recording the podcast um that a lot of their friends who are in the empty nester stage are actually when like that's when a lot of divorces happen mm-hmm. and that's when a, like a lot of things start to fall apart so i don't know if you have any kind of practical advice of like mm-hmm. what got you to the Like, was there something that you saw, like, in engagement or maybe it was, like, in the first couple of years of marriage that kind of has come around full circle in the empty nester phase that has really, like, set you guys up for success?
1: Um, I would say that we always wanted, um, we had a view of our life together that wasn't of course, we wanted children. We wanted many children. We wanted many more children than we had. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: But but we also, I loved the academic life. My husband's a professor. I'm not, but I grew up in an academic home. My dad was a professor. And I loved, we both went to a, to small colleges where the professors entertained the students in their homes. There was a lot of socializing and and mentoring um, between students and faculty. And we both wanted that Mm -hmm. and we have lived it. And it was, we have students over a lot. There were times when the children were at certain stages, certain children at certain stages where we weren't able to have students over as often. But as we've progressed in life, um, we've done it more and more. So we have this big project in our life I mean, it's not like an official project. It's just the the project of John, I guess I would say John's uh, profession, his professional work. I'm very much a part of, even though I'm not in any way officially a part of it.
2: Uh, Mm -hmm. And, and and, I mean, that's, that's a piece I think also, we always put the marriage first. We love our kids, but um, we always put the marriage first and, um, So, when the kids were here, that was great. When the kids aren't here, that's great. Um, And part of that means we didn't become strangers. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, partly because Dia shares so much in my professional life. Um, And we just share life. And we always made sure that that was happening. And so now the kids are gone. We just have more life to share. Mm -hmm. You know, what's what's not to like about that? Um, As opposed to realizing that this person is a stranger because you've been so busy doing separate things, or even just worrying about your kids. Uh, and that, you know, gee whiz, now there's this strange person in my house. Um, yeah,
0: That's beautiful. That is so beautiful.
2: It really helps when you're crazy about each other too.
0: It does. It really does. Um, um, for the listeners who haven't, who don't already know, but I'm getting married in about a month. Um, but I think that is something that I've heard in other episodes and that I've talked to other couples about and it's really this like genuine friendship that is like underlying Mm -hmm. a lot of things and so that way kind of like you said like at the end like I was very aware that like at the end like whether there's children or not whether there's you know tons or just a few you will end up with this person at the end of the day, yes. um, at the end of your lives, like just you two, and it's very, very important to make sure that like that foundation is solid, um, and you put it in such like beautiful words, so that's awesome. Um, I
1: think I think you're going to ask us. You can you can say the question if you want, but I think you're going to sure. ask us for advice, and I think, or if we have advice, um, from our experience, and I think that would be what we called mom and dad time Mm. Um, it's it's the advice that we give to all of our anybody that we're mentoring for before marriage we were never big date night people we don't have any problem with date nights but but we're too
2: (laughs) cheap to go out and spend money
1: on (laughs) too too cheap and (laughs) too (laughs) tired (laughs) too tired (laughs) tired. yeah
2: Um, (laughs) we're all tired we were even then we were all tired cheap (laughs)
1: But we were quite faithful to what we called mom and dad time, which was usually after dinner, we sent the children away, whether they were three years old or, you know, 15 years old. If they were 15, they didn't want to be there anyways. But, um, and we said, it's mom and dad time. That's where, that's where the name comes. Um, and we would spend 20 minutes to a half an hour, Sometimes it would go longer, but usually we didn't have time for that. We had to put the kids to bed or do whatever, um, talking to each other. And it was the the children had to leave because sometimes we were talking about the children, but it didn't really matter what we were talking about. We might have been talking about something at work or just some idea that one of us had. Um, And sometimes we were really tired and we didn't say much, but we spent that time together.
2: And and I would recommend to any couples, young couples like you know, you you know, we call it mom and dad time because that's what happened when we had kids. But you want to have the habit immediately, yeah. just as, before the kids come, you know, whatever nine month window you got there, use it <laughs> and um, just you know, just and and every day a little bit. And one and the thing is, we we were big on family dinner. I mean, we had. Dia made sure we had two meals a day as a family every day. We had breakfast and dinner together, pretty much always. Um and dinner table, the point of conversation. So there's things you're just not gonna talk about. You want the kids, you know, mm-hmm. you not want the kids just sitting there as lumps at dinner. You know, you want to get them talking and them engaged, um, which means there's those things that mom and dad need to talk about um that would either be boring or inappropriate or whatever yeah. in front of your children. Right. So that's when you send them away and you have your own special time. That it's not dinner time, right? Because dinner time is family time. Yeah. Um, when you're empty nesters, then dinner time is also mom and dad time. Um <laughs> it just it has sure. to be more than half an hour, which is just like wonderful. Um, but I do think that that little bit of time, I mean, for some folks, you know, and it's a bigger deal is date night, but for us it was really important. That it was every day and short. Um and allowed me to have he was at home. She kept me abreast of what was going on with with the kids. We could talk it out. You know, there's something screwy here happening. You know, let's talk about it, and or I yeah. could just debrief from work. It was it's wonderful. So that that we don't have a whole lot of advice because bringing the two of us to get along so well that it's you know for the completely compatible we're very helpful. Um, <laughs> but this is one this is one thing that does seem to have worked in our years of talking to folk that mom and dad time.
0: That's awesome so when you say that you guys were compatible have have you always kind of seen eye to eye maybe that's a big question but um when you were like dating and then through engagement um was there a shift at any point where you're like oh wow like here we go or was it just kind of always like pretty steady
2: yeah well we one sense, we've never really had an argument I mean, we're going up, we're, we're wow. coming up on the 39th anniversary. Um, oh, wow. Uh, I don't, I don't think we've ever yelled at each other. Um, oh, definitely not that. No, 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 no pants flying or anything. Like that. <laughs> um, um, you know, and it, and it doesn't, it doesn't mean, but well, what's interesting about it, it doesn't mean we don't necessarily disagree. Um, we certainly had a disagreements. Right.
1: Um, I don't know. Yeah, we, we are very naturally compatible and, yeah, that, we that. have when we redid a kitchen one one year um, early on. Actually, I mean not super early, but the kids were little. the The designer said, "I've never worked with a couple that's so in agreement on you know the, the door pulls or you know all those all those decisions wow. you have to make when you redo a kitchen."
2: That which, destroy marriages.
1: <laughs> which I, which
0: Star which, which of open. <laughs>
1: Which did sort of open my eyes to the fact that, oh, not everyone is like this, mm-hmm. and I think, mm-hmm. as I've gotten older and just talked to friends that you know I realize oh there's people with really good marriages who have very different temperaments, but mm-hmm. we have pretty similar temperaments and similar outlooks and values, and probably we've just grown alike too mm-hmm. um but one one thing we did learn when we were um redoing a second kitchen, <laughs> we we were trying to decide on the cabinet polls and we didn't agree. and that was kind of it was, unusual it was a shocker yeah. I you know I had possible I had, my,
2: possible. <laughs> I, had
1: <laughs> I had my top three and he had his top three and they I, neither one was acceptable to the other. And so we realized, okay, if we don't agree, then there's probably, that these aren't the right choices and so we kept looking and then we found the right choices mm-hmm. that we agreed on so that was something that was really interesting to us that there's something about us we make good decisions together and
2: and sometimes it's just the patience of saying we're not ready to make that decision yeah um not in, not in kind of stall tactic tactic but just we need time we tend to talk things out a lot too um and that's what i think again it's it, it's not a moral virtue. It's just our personalities. We're, we, we're the kind of people who just talk things in. You know? yeah. um, so if, if we're trying to sort something out and it's not, we're not quite seeing eye to eye, we know if we keep at it, we'll get it figured out. Um, eventually, we'll find the right knobs um, or whatever the issue is. Um, uh, and somehow, because... I don't know why we, it, it works. So that's why we're really bad at conflict resolution and you know, what to do when you're fighting and disagreeing.
1: Although I think we are also, we've chosen certain certain decisions, certain mm-hmm. areas. We've said, that's for you, to, you, that's your domain. That's your domain. Um, it's not that we're wildly um, opposed to what the other person's doing, but just realize sometimes it's with the kids, um, you know, at a certain stage, it's better for me to deal with that child than for you to deal with that child or vice versa. And, and it's happened for, you know, different children, different times for different parents. Um, but, or, or a lot of the the decisions that are made that are kind of practical, what to do, um, you know, budget decisions and some of those things, John's given me a lot of response. Freedom and responsibility. I don't want to have
2: anything to do with
1: it. He trusts me. No. Um, and I think things with work, I, I trust him with his career, what things he needs to travel for and what things he doesn't need to travel for, what things are important. Because it was, but I think a lot of it is just trust in the other person. So we don't have to, we don't have to agree on everything because we can just let the other one make the decision and accept it. Yeah. No
0: yeah How that's like. awesome yeah no I think that's like that trust like you mentioned mm-hmm. it's it's built up over time definitely yes. <laughs> um but I think it is hard like I'm in the throes of wedding planning and mm-hmm. these my fiance and I are yeah. very much like we like to make the decisions together and we're also talkers so we kind of like to pull things apart and pick things like through and make sure that we're coming to the proper decision. but there what we're realizing is there are some things where it's like you you just make this decision. I'm like, yeah. I'll take this on and I'll just mm-hmm. say yes or no. Oh. And that's that's such a relief to have mm-hmm. a partner to trust completely. Oh, gosh. Um, but did would you say that? would would you say the trust was built or was it something where you're just like, I know this person? Um, was there a moment that maybe you you really felt like, oh, I I do trust them. Um,
2: I'm not sure I would have married someone I didn't think I was going to trust. Um, <laughs> uh, I I I don't I don't I, did, I didn't have a moment, um, but I feel like it's a nothing but grow and solidify.
1: So I would say before we got married, John alluded to making sure that we were on the same page with regard to the teaching of the church, you know, concretely with regard to birth control, natural family planning, those kinds of things. But um that, but that was, that was, we had to make sure that the other person really was serious about his or her faith. Um, there were other things too. I remember sitting on a park bench and John telling me, um, I, you can, I'm happy to support you staying home with the children. Or if you want to pursue a career, I'm happy to support you in that way. And I said, wait, I'm staying home with the kids. That was just really important to me. And I said, so I need to know that absolutely, you know, if you lose your job, you're finding another job. (laughs) If we need more income, you're finding a second income. I'm staying home with the kids. I was probably more, um, I don't know, like strident or black and white about that then than I would be later in life. But but it was that was important. And he he said, OK, that's, you know, so I think I didn't
2: have a job then. I was just a graduate student. What do I know about getting a job?
1: <laughs> but but that so there were certain big things that we that we did kind of nail down and it turned out we we were on the same page but but i think otherwise i don't remember it it certainly builds up over time because you just know oh he makes good decisions in that area he we we probably didn't know like planning travel for example um we have learned he's good at some things i'm good at some things we didn't know that to begin with So you know, so a lot of those practical things we probably learned.
0: um, I had I learned
2: to trust Dia that camping would be fun. (laughs) Um,
0: I feel uh, you on that one.
2: (laughs) I was I was was disinclined, and I and I've done nothing but have this mild regret that it took so long, because once she got me camping with the family, it's like why haven't we been doing this? Um, It was (laughs) way too much fun. So it's, it's,
0: point, it's, it's an it's an incline plane, you know, we... 100%. And to that point, um something that's been on my mind lately just like leading up to things is how much like how I've felt, maybe this is a little cheesy, but how much I've felt that I have like blossomed as a person mm. in this relationship. Um and there are parts of me that come through like while I'm with my fiance or that you know have grown um that are a little like oh, I didn't know that was there is this me like am I the right person like is- am I the same person um so I don't know to like the effect of the camping thing um was there anything else like that that surprised you throughout your now 39 years of marriage um like other surprises besides you know realizing that camping is kind of fun.
1: Not kind of, really fun. Really fun. <laughs> <laughs> Although we don't camp anymore. Yeah. <laughs> now that the kids okay. are gone. So.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dia said, now I'm getting rid of the camping equipment. I was like, you're doing what? Um,
1: <laughs> At a certain but, age.
2: But then she pointed out, we could just go sit in the lodge in the National Park and have a drink on the porch. It's uh, I was like, true. good point. <laughs> okay, there we go. My, my equipment. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> anyway.
1: So that's a great question. Um, I don't know what, well, you talked about camping, but you probably, there's probably something more important there, but I would say one of the ways that I feel I've blossomed because of John is that he takes my ideas really seriously. He really listens and he gives me really good feedback so that, I know we're we are on the same level in conversation and with ideas, and given that he is a brilliant professor and gets a lot of, um, I mean, you know, people like to have him on his, on their podcasts, and I'm I've been at home my whole our whole married life or most of our married life. Um, that's been that wasn't a given. I, I mean, I knew he appreciated my mind. But I think over the years that that trust, or that feeling appreciated for my ideas. That's, has helped me a lot to be to be confident. Um, yeah, to think that I can do that, I can do that, that I have a place um, in the in that intellectual world. So yeah, you know,
2: I well, I guess I'll get to a concrete particular. I look back at John Boyle forty years ago, and I can't, I can't, I can't imagine what John Boyle forty years later, without marriage, could possibly look like that would be any good. Wow. Um, and I mean, I just for me, just it's unimaginable. I mean, it really unimaginable. I can't get into my imagination a life of forty years without Dia. Um, but to give you a sense of growth, so. I was, I was, um, I, I I, loved school. I loved the academic thing. I was driven. It's what I wanted to do. Um, I was not particularly looking to get married. Um, um, Dia was looking for a husband. I was not looking for a wife. Um, and then Dia dropped out of the sky. Um, and there it was. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm an only child. I think. I had held a baby once before I got married. Um, family life—family I, I, life was an, almost an unreality for us. family life. There's things like siblings and cousins, and you know. And I'm, you know, I'm. My mother was an only child. I mean, I was just, you know, I was just like, you know, there it is. Um, so I had to learn family life. Um, I mean, not marriage. I mean, marriage. I learned it, but. It's really the family life thing. Um, it turns out, you know, it's really fun, um, but it was pretty terrifying. And I think, you know, Dia always wanted family, wanted family, wanted children, you know, was probably comfortable with children. She had, you know, three sisters. Um, so, you know, I learned I learned family life from Dia, um, who was remarkably patient with um, a, um, I, mean, I think probably fairly typically selfish only child, um, who thought the entire world revolved around him. I mean, I know it does, but I've, I've learned, I've learned to at least pretend <laughs> otherwise. Um, and it's glorious, right? I mean, wow. You know, children, that's just so cool. Um, but yeah, I had to learn it. Um, and, um, and Dia just helped me do it. It was just glorious. But I think and that's part of the whole. I can't imagine life without, I mean, life without Dia is life without my children. It's, it, it's, it's, it, and then, you know, her, you know, how involved she's been in my work. The work I do wouldn't be the work I do. I mean, I can't even, even the professional thing, I can't imagine what that professional life would have been if I wasn't married to Dia. So it's just, you know, how does it make me better in every way? <laughs>
0: That's such a cool thing about cool. It Feels like such an insignificant, like insufficient word Mm. um, about marriage. Thanks. (laughs) But the vocation, like it's been for me, it's been awesome to really find like that fulfillment and that Mm. like to be pulled out of yourself for the other um, in a very very beautiful way. And I mean, God knows what He's doing. You know, when Mm -hmm. He set this up, like it's. It's such a beautiful, I, I like there's no other word, but beautiful to like right. watch two people come together um, and to like feel yourself really like when you, when you want to live this well and when you like choose to be faithful and, and open and joyful with your vocation. Um, yeah, it's, it's such an awesome thing to watch.
2: Fulfillment is like the perfect word. Uh, for it I think um, but I would say I, I, I said earlier I would put, put marriage first you know kids go away um, but I would say you know the other critical piece here is marriage first but God before marriage right I mean mm-hmm. I think, um, we work I mean we take our faith seriously we also I think take seriously helping each other um, you know not in the sense of uh, this is what you will do but rather you know if this says it's really important to get to daily mass then i'm doing really in my power to help create a schedule so that she gets to daily mass um, and if right. we both have to get daily mass then we're busy figuring out what that schedule is going to look like um but because that matters and the realization the recognition which i think we've always had maybe because we're both converts and uh, probably not um that if you, You gotta take your face seriously. You gotta help the other person take your face seriously. That's a priority. If that's if you're working on that one, it really helps everything else. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, And if you're not working on that
2: one, frankly, all the compatibility in the world, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's not as. But maybe think of it, Ayeex. It was your word, fulfilling. Um, Mm -hmm. um, It's just so fulfilling. Um, But I think the God piece has to be there. Oh well has to be there for us. I will not universalize.
0: (laughs) How do you, uh, this might be a selfish question and I might edit this out, but I think (laughs) I do struggle with like, you know, how do you put your spirit, how do you find, maybe that's not a great question, but um, how do you help keep each other accountable in your spiritual life Mm -hmm. or in anything, Mm -hmm. you know, that's like important, how do you intentionally carve out that time
1: for God with each other? I, I think that's the answer right there. You intentionally carve out that time for God mm. and you don't, we don't impose on the other one. You need to do your prayer or you need to go to mass or something like that. Um, but we are very respectful of the other's, need to do that and we tend to be kind of on the same page with that you won't be surprised <laughs> but <laughs> you know we have we talk we'll talk and one of the things we do at mom and dad time is we look at our calendar for the week and we say you know when are you going to go to mass and when should we have dinner and you know how are we going to get to this and
2: um and we've always been a one car family so that matters oh uh, yeah. <laughs> coordinating I walk to work, so it's it's not as heroic as it sounds like. (laughs) But I think the point somebody said to us really early on in our marriage: "You're not your spouse's spiritual director." It's one of the best things ever. Uh, Um, That's a good point. uh, Accountability is somebody else's job. I mean, there's there's family things like the church says go to mass on Sunday, the boils go to mass on Sunday. But you know the kinds of things we're talking about here. You know that how you're getting closer to our Lord. That's somebody else's problem. Uh, and right. insofar as Dia wants to tell me, here's what, is, because it's going to affect family life or our marriage, in the sense of it's really important for me to give a miss, It's really important for me to
1: go you know, on retreat.
2: Go on, go on retreat. There's a biggie, right? Yeah. Go mm. on retreat. That means you are going to have a weekend with these children on your own. <laughs> and, and, you know, okay, that's a good one. It's like, you know, as a, as a dad, you know, who's never held a child, um, uh you know before marriage and thinking I've got to do this and the answer is yes, step up to the plate um, mm. because it's really important to Diaz. It's not that I'm telling Dia you must go on retreat. Um, she's saying I want to go on retreat. And my response has to be, I'm gonna do everything in my power to make it happen, uh whatever that's gonna take. Um, so I think it's that and, and that becomes you know intentionality and planning. I think what, the mistake a lot of folk make even apart from marriages, they think things like getting daily mass would be great. And so they get to the end of the day and think, oh, it didn't quite work. Um as opposed to thinking, well here's my calendar, where's the mass going to go in it at the beginning? And then eventually it just becomes habitual. When you live in St. Paul, it's a lot easier because there's just so many masses at so many different times
0: ah, so nice.
2: um And that does make life it allows you to be a little sloppy. <laughs> On the other hand, if you were in a place where there's if we were in Berkeley, which we were, where you know, at least in, in Berkeley, you know, masses were all at the same time. Um, oh, so like, you know, couldn't these parishes talk to each other? Then you have to, <laughs> and, you're, and, and you're taking care of a senile old woman that can't be left alone. Um, then you got to start planning, and and otherwise it never happens. Um, but I think that fact you care about what the other wants in the spiritual. Mm. Life, um, and, and reality is, yes, the plumbing is going to burst, and you're not going to get to mass because you got to wait for the right. plumber, and somebody's got to wait for the plumber, and somebody's projectile vomiting. I mean, yeah, I mean that's just life. Um, it's what happens, um, and sometimes you just don't you don't recover the plans for that day. Great, right. that's life.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that's actually been a huge adjustment for me. Definitely, like I feel like in college. I mean, it's been a while since I've been in college, but like I had this like robust spiritual life where it was mm-hmm. like daily mass, hour of prayer, like evenings of recollection and like spiritual formation, like all these things. And now I'm 30 and I'm like, if I get to daily mass, it's a good day. <laughs> yeah, right.
1: You know? Um, everyone and- everyone has that experience. I talked to so many young women. It's like, in college, I was perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because in college, you were just you. And it it gets harder, but.
2: I think marriage makes that easier. From going from, you got the college, you got the post college single state, and Mm. then you got marriage. And I think oftentimes marriage, because it requires that structure around another person from the minute you get up to the minute you go to bed, it actually helps you recover some of those things you had in college. Um,
1: That's probably true. Yeah. Well, at
2: least I think it's true for some guys. I think it's true. Yeah, you know, maybe maybe just makes women's lives more even more miserable. But
1: for guys,
2: I think it it's actually helpful because you've got to just think in a more orderly way about your life,
0: and it's not all about me. It's true. That's very true. And then the kids come along, and you're like, "Well, this is all yeah. I have for you today, Lord." Five yep. minutes. <laughs> um, was there anything that surprised you about marriage going into it and in it? what was the biggest surprise being
1: married? So I had an assumption about what we were going to suffer in our marriage. And I thought it would be two things. So we were graduate students when we got married. I, and John was a Orthodox theology student. I thought, and this was the eighties. So I thought we would go from job to job. He wouldn't get tenure. It would take a long time. We would be poor as church mice. And I thought we would have 13 children and there would be, I wanted that, but I thought that's the kind of suffering I'm going to have. And I was, I accept I was willing. I was happy to embrace that. And it turned out completely different. Um, He, didn't have to go from job to job. We had one job and then this job and we've been here for 35 years or something. It's been a great job. It's a wonderful place to raise kids. And we didn't have 13 children. We had three. And the suffering that that was in our marriage was that that lack of fertility. Um, And I mean, other things as well. But so the What I thought I was going to suffer and what I thought I was embracing turned out to be completely different. That's the surprise for me. And I don't think it's not like I look back and think, oh, I wish I'd had that other suffering. I don't I I'm really glad I didn't have to go from job to job to job and move every three years. I I wouldn't have minded having more children, but boy, maybe three children is what I mean, clearly is what God thought I was suited for. And I can sort. Well, maybe of... I was
2: suited for it. <laughs>
1: um, but at any anyway, rate, that that's the surprise for me. Do you have a surprise?
2: Uh, I I can't follow that. <laughs> yeah,
0: <it's> just... <laughs> okay. That, that's beautiful. That's that's really beautiful because that that is something that I think a lot of people go in thinking. I know exactly what you're going to ask of me lord i am right. ready mm-hmm. i'm ready to suffer and i'm going to suffer well and it's going to be so awesome and then i feel like and this is just reflecting on like, you know my own experiences but the suffering comes almost like you think it. you think the cross is going to be this huge thing that just
1: like Mm -hmm. smacks Mm -hmm.
0: you across the face and like you know you you will be like crucified in your own way but i think the cross is actually something that's very soft and gentle Mm -hmm. at Mm times and yet it's pure like the suffering is purifying but i I think that is one of the biggest fears of marriage is like you realizing that you don't know what's going to happen
1: that's realizing
0: funny. that you're saying yes to someone for the rest of your life and saying yes to this giant question mark to this like blank check that yes. you don't know how the story is going to end you just have faith that they're like that this is the right choice and that <laughs> this is going to get you to heaven and that's that's beautiful um being ready to suffer but also like being accepting of what actually happened and and recognizing the beauty in that i think that is something that it it's gonna be hard i know that <laughs> i'm ready for that it's so gonna be
2: great yeah.
0: right <laughs> we, and let go
2: together actually i mean it is um you know i think what we what we what, we, what we've been through, um, yeah, you know, we, we always joked that when we got, as we were getting we people say, oh, you're going to have your rocky times. You're going to have your rocky, there'll be rocky times in your marriage. And our joke is we're waiting for the rocky times. Yeah, you know, it's like, they're, we know they're coming because we were, we were told they'll come. <laughs> uh, and, and for us, it was never, the rocky times weren't, was, were never things that were between us in the sense of, oh, the disagreements, there, it was this, there were rocky times in the sense that there was suffering in the marriage, but it, mm. we suffered together. Um, and it brought us together, and that was just beautiful, right? I mean, this is like weird things Catholics say, right? Oh, our suffering was so beautiful, um, and, and you know, and it's not – I mean, it's just because it just deepened our love. It, and Everything was better.
1: I think some people in marriage have dramatic suffering that everyone can see and everyone can admire and everyone can, you know, be horrified by – but there's a lot of suffering that isn't dramatic at all. And that's, I think, what you don't know that you're going to have. Mm-hmm. But it's fine. That's what the grace of the sacrament of matrimony is for, is all that undramatic, hidden suffering that is still suffering. Um, and, but you have the grace and you have each other and it's, and it's good for the. Mm-hmm. It's good for us good for the marriage much as we're happy when it's over at any given moment
0: (laughs) i'm sure but that's that is true i think a lot of people equate like holiness and the ability like you know you're holy when you're given this like grand suffering and Mm -hmm. and you know something that you can that stories will be told of but i think right. for and and some couples are given that some families some yeah. people like they are given that but there is majority of us will just have small quiet crosses mm-hmm. and like that is what will get us to heaven yeah. is this, it, like, it, it's
2: stepping on lego and bare feet that's that, oh. that's the cross that most of us <laughs> end up bearing on a regular basis, um, and it's not very dramatic, and it's really hard to write it up, and it cause for canonization. Uh, but the fact is, what great training in life, you know? I mean, if nothing else, going to wear slippers. Um, so.
0: <laughs> oh, that's so true. That's so true. If you guys had one piece of advice for newly married or you know couples that are about to get married what would your advice be?
2: I'm going to circle back to what we said before, mom and dad time.
1: And I would say um, to the women, respect your husband, Um, show him how much you value what he does, how proud you are of him. I think that's something that isn't always intuitive to women because we don't need it as much as they need it, but um, like really value what they do and let them know that. That's awesome.
2: Because we're weak.
0: <laughs> just, you just have to be loved a little differently. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, awesome. And I was also hoping to wrap this up. If you guys could lead us in the prayer to mary mother of ferris love who is the patron of this uh podcast
2: mary mother Mother of of ferris Ferris love
1: you are are the the mother mother of jesus and our mother mother. intercede Intercede for us with your your son son as you did at the wedding at cana pray for us fairest mother to strengthen and bless our families
2: help those called to
1: marriage to find their spouses and teach them to love with a pure and selfless love. Accompany parents in the upbringing and education of their children with unconditional love. Help those who have answered the Father's call to the consecrated life or to apostolic celibacy to be generous and faithful to their vocations. Bring peace, unity, and joy to the homes of families that are broken or burdened. Accompanied with the warmth of, of your presence, those who are alone. You are, are the, the Mater Populae Dlexionis, the Mother of Beautiful Love. Help us to love as Jesus loves, so we may, may show each, each other love
0: full of mercy and forgiveness. May all our love
1: and affections be always faithful, and pure, and chaste, dear Mother be our refuge in our material and spiritual needs and intercede especially for those us. who are seeking a spouse and have not yet found one. May we grow in love and, and come, come to know, know true peace, peace and, and joy now and, and in the life, life to come, come in
2: heaven. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys so much. Oh, well, you're welcome. Thanks for joining us for this episode of After Kana. If you enjoyed listening, share it with a friend, subscribe, and leave a review. Or just visit us at ferrislovefrying.org.